section thirty one of common sense in the household this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by betty b common sense in the household a manual of practical housewifery by marion harlan bread if eminence of importance entitled a subject to preeminence of position that of which we are now about to speak should have stood foremost in this work it is not a pleasant thing to think or write about but it is a stubborn fact that upon thousands of tables in otherwise comfortable homes good bread is an unknown phenomenon i say phenomenon because it would indeed be a marvellous estrangement of cause and effect where indifferent flour unskilfully mixed with flat yeast badly risen and negligently baked to result in that pride of the notable housekeeper light sweet wholesome bread i know a household where sour stiff bread is the rule varied several times during the week by muffins scented and colored with soda clammy biscuit and leathery griddle cakes another where the bread is invariably overrisen and consequently tasteless sometimes slightly acid yet another in which homemade bread is not used at all because it is so troublesome and uncertain the mistress preferring to feed her family growing children and all upon the varied colored sponges bought at the baker's sponges inflated with sal volatile flavorless and dry as chips when a day old and too often betraying in the dark streaks running through the interior of the loaf want of cleanliness in the kneader yet these are all well-to-do people who submit to these abominations partly because they do not know how badly off they are chiefly because it is their way of doing and they see no reason for changing i have been a housekeeper for thirty years and have always mixed my bread just so retorted a mistress once when i mildly set forth the advantages of setting a sponge overnight i put in flour yeast and milk if i have it and give them a good stir then set the dough down to rise our folks don't fancy very light bread there don't seem to be any substance in it so to speak mine generally turns out pretty nice it's all luck after all about bread i'm told you have a receipt for making bread laughed another to me i never heard of such a thing in my life and i've been keeping house eighteen years so i thought i'd call and ask you for it just as a curiosity you know i want to see what it is like i wisely kept my thoughts to myself and dictated the receipt which she jotted down in a memorandum book laughing all the while at the excellent joke you really use this she demanded when this was done i do i have used no other for many years and the bread i ate upon your table the other night was made according to this again an affirmative answer i guess your cook could tell another story rejoined the skeptic you can't make me believe that bread is made by rule i put my materials together anyhow and i have as good luck as most of my neighbors i regarded my visitor as an impertinent simpleton but i have been amazed in subsequent years at finding that her creed is that of hundreds of housewives more or less sensible luck rules the baking and upon the shoulders of this invisible are laid the deficiencies of the complacent cook cheap flour and laziness are at the bottom of more mishaps in the bread line than any other combination of circumstances 
from the inferior grades of flour it is possible to make tolerable biscuit crumpets and muffins plain pastry and very good griddle cakes you cannot by any stretch of art produce excellent bread from poor flour it is no economy to purchase it for this purpose it is judicious to lay in two barrels at a time and to use the best only for the semi or tri-weekly baking chiefest then among the conditions to good bread i place good family flour dry elastic and odorless whiteness is a secondary consideration although to american eyes this is a recommendation a little experience will teach you to detect the signs that foretell satisfactory baking days and vice versa if in handling the flour you discern a heaviness like that of ground plaster if in squeezing a handful tightly you discover that it retains the imprint of palm and fingers and rolls back into the tray a compact ball or roll if it is in the least musty or sour use it very sparingly in your trial baking for the chances are as ten to one that you will head the barrel up again and return it to your grocer sometimes new flour can be ripened for use by sifting enough for each baking into a large tray and exposing it to the hot sun for some hours or by setting it upon the kitchen hearth for the same time and it not unfrequently happens that flour improves greatly after the barrel has been open for several days or weeks it dries out and becomes lighter more elastic next in importance to the quality of the flour is that of the yeast this should be light in color and lively effervescing easily when shaken and emitting an odor like weak ammonia if dull or sour it is bad in cities it is easiest perhaps cheapest to buy yeast from a brewery or bakery exercising your discrimination as to quality unless you can satisfy yourself in this regard you had better make your own i can confidently recommend the receipts given in this work as easy and safe having tried them in my own family novices in bread-making and many who should have learned better by long experience fall into a sad mistake in the consistency of the dough it should be mixed as soft as it can be handled bread will rise sooner and higher be lighter and more digestible and keep fresh much longer if this rule be followed stiff bread is close in texture often waxy to the teeth and after a day or so becomes very hard set the dough to rise in a moderately warm place and keep it in an even temperature there is force in the old lament my bread took cold last night cold arrests the process of fermentation there is a chance should this occur that a removal to a more genial atmosphere and careful nursing may cure the congestion should it be only partial too much heat carries forward the work too rapidly in this case you will find your dough puffy and sour correct the latter evil by dissolving a little soda or saleratus in hot water and working it well in knead your bread faithfully and from all sides until it rebounds like india rubber after a smart blow of the fist upon the centre of the mass the oven should not be too hot if you cannot hold your bare arm within it while you count thirty it is too quick keep the heat steady after the bread goes in too much fire at first and rapidly cooling 
produce the effect upon the bread which is technically called slack baked i e the inside of the loaf is never properly done practice and intelligent observation will in time make you an adept in the management of your ovens if the bread rises rapidly while baking and the crust begins to form before the lower part of the loaf is baked cover the top with clean paper until you are ready to brown it grate away the burned portions of the crust should there be such this is better than chipping with a knife one of the best bread makers i know bakes in round pans each loaf by itself and grates the whole outer surface top bottom and sides quickly and lightly toning down the brown to a uniform and pleasing tint tilt your loaves upon the edge the lower part resting upon the table the upper supported by the wall or other upright object and throw a coarse dry cloth over them until they cool this position allows the air to get at all sides and prevents sweating a tin bread box is best with a cloth at bottom and enwrapping the loaves yeast hop four large potatoes or six small two quarts cold water double handful hops tied in a coarse muslin bag four tablespoonfuls flour two tablespoonfuls white sugar peel the potatoes and put them with the hop bag into a saucepan containing two quarts cold water cover and boil until the potatoes break and fall apart take these out with a perforated skimmer leaving the water still boiling mash them fine with a potato beetle and work in the flour and sugar moisten this gradually with the boiling hop tea stirring it to a smooth paste when all the tea has been mixed in set it aside to cool while still slightly warm add four tablespoonfuls of lively yeast and turn all into a large open vessel to work keep this in a warm place until it ceases to bubble up or until next day in summer it will work well in a few hours when quite light put in earthen jars with small mouths in which fit corks or bottle it and remove to ice-house or cellar it will keep good for a fortnight longer in winter when you wish to use it for baking send a small vessel to the cellar for the desired quantity and recork at once a half hour in a hot kitchen may spoil it yeast self-working eight potatoes two ounces hops four quarts cold water one pound flour one half pound white sugar one tablespoonful salt tie the hops in a coarse muslin bag and boil one hour in four quarts of water let it cool to lukewarmness before removing the bag wet with the tepid liquor a little at a time the flour making to a smooth paste put in the sugar and salt beat up the batter three minutes before adding the rest of the tea set it away for two days in an open bowl covered with a thin cloth in a closet which is moderately and evenly warm on the third day peel boil and mash the potatoes and when entirely free from lumps and specks stir in gradually the thickened hop liquor let it stand twelve hours longer in the bowl stirring often and keeping it in the warm kitchen then bottle or put away in corked jars which must be perfectly sweet and freshly scalded this will keep a month in a cool cellar it is more troublesome to make it than other kinds of yeast but it needs no other rising to excite fermentation and remains good longer than that made 
in the usual way yeast potato six potatoes two quarts cold water four tablespoonfuls flour two tablespoonfuls white sugar peel and boil the potatoes until they break leaving the water on the fire take them out and mash fine with the flour and sugar wetting gradually with the hot water until it is all used when lukewarm add a gill of good yeast and set aside in an open vessel and warm place to ferment when it ceases to effervesce bottle and set in ice-house this yeast is very nice and white and is preferred by many who dislike the bitter taste of hops it is also convenient to make when hops cannot be obtained yeast cakes two quarts cold water one quart pared and sliced potatoes double handful hops tied in coarse muslin bag flour to make stiff batter one cup indian meal boil the potatoes and hop bag in two quarts of water for three quarters of an hour remove the hops and while boiling hot strain the potatoes and water through a colander into a bowl stir into the scalding liquor enough flour to make a stiff batter beat all up well add two tablespoonfuls lively yeast and set in a warm place to rise when light stir in a cup of indian meal roll into a sheet a quarter of an inch thick and cut into round cakes dry these in the hot sun or in a very moderate oven taking care they do not heat to baking it is best to put them in after the fire has gone down for the night and leave them in until morning when entirely dry and cold hang them up in a bag in a cool dry place use one cake three inches in diameter for a loaf of fair size soak in tepid water until soft and add a pinch of soda or saleratus then mix these cakes will remain good a month in summer two in winter baking powders one ounce supercarbonate soda seven drachms tartaric acid in powder roll smoothly and mix thoroughly keep in a tight glass jar or bottle use one teaspoonful to a quart of flour or twelve teaspoonfuls carbonate soda twenty-four teaspoonfuls cream tartar put as above and use in like proportion bread sponge potato six potatoes boiled and mashed fine while hot six tablespoonfuls baker's yeast two tablespoonfuls white sugar two tablespoonfuls lard one even teaspoonful soda one quart warm not hot water three cups flour mash the potatoes and work in the lard and sugar stir to a cream mixing in gradually a quart of the water in which the potatoes were boiled which should have been poured out to cool down to blood warmth beat in the flour already wet up with a little potato water to prevent lumping then the yeast lastly the soda cover lightly if the weather is warm more closely in winter and set to rise overnight in a warm place bread sponge plain one quart warm water six tablespoonfuls baker's yeast two tablespoonfuls lard two tablespoonfuls white sugar one teaspoonful soda flour to make a soft batter melt the lard in the warm water add the sugar then the flour by degrees stirring in smoothly a quart and a pint of flour will usually be sufficient if the quality is good next comes the yeast lastly the soda beat up hard for several minutes and set to rise as above 
bread mixed with potato sponge is more nutritious keeps fresh longer and is sweeter than that made with the plainer sponge but there are certain seasons of the year when good old potatoes cannot be procured and new ones will not do for this purpose the potato sponge is safer because surer for beginners in the important art of bread making after using it for fifteen years i regard it as almost infallible given the conditions of good flour yeast kneading and baking family bread white having set your sponge overnight or if you bake late in the afternoon early in the morning sift dry flour into a deep bread tray and strew a few spoonfuls of fine salt over it the question of the quantity of flour is a delicate one requiring judgment and experience various brands of flour are so unequal with respect to the quantity of gluten they contain that it is impossible to give any invariable rule on this subject it will be safe however to sift two quarts and a pint if you have set the potato sponge two quarts for the plain this will make two good-sized loaves make a hole in the middle of the heap pour in the risen sponge which should be very light and seamed in many places on the top and work down the flour into it with your hands if too soft add more flour if you can mould it at all it is not too soft if stiff rinse out the bowl in which the sponge was set with a little lukewarm water and work this in when you have it in manageable shape begin to knead work the mass into a ball your hands having been well floured from the first detach it from the tray and lift it in your left hand while you sprinkle flour with the right thickly over the bottom and sides of the tray toss back the ball into this and knead hard always toward the centre of the mass which should be repeatedly turned over and around that every portion may be manipulated brisk and long kneading makes the pores fine and regular gaping holes of diverse sizes are an unerring tell-tale of a careless cook spend at least twenty minutes half an hour is better in this kind of useful gymnastics it is grand exercise for arms and chest this done work the dough into a shapely ball in the centre of the tray sprinkle flour over the top throw a cloth over all and leave it on the kitchen table to rise taking care it is not in a draught of cold air in summer it will rise in four or five hours in winter six are often necessary it should come up steadily until it at least trebles its original bulk and the floured surface cracks all over knead again for ten or fifteen minutes then divide it into as many parts as you wish loaves and put these in well greased pans for the final rising in a large household baking it is customary to mould the dough into oblong rolls three or four according to the number of loaves you desire and to lay these close together in one large pan the second kneading is done upon a floured board and should be thorough as the first the dough being continually shifted and turned set the pans in a warm place for an hour longer with a cloth thrown over them to keep out the air and dust then bake heeding the directions set down in the article upon bread in general if your ovens are in good condition one hour should bake the above quantity of bread but here again experience must be your guide note carefully for yourself how long a time is required for your first successful baking 
as also how much dry flour you have worked into your sponge and let these data regulate future action i have known a variation of two quarts in a large baking over the usual measure of flour i need not tell you that you had better shun a brand that requires such an excessive quantity to bring the dough to the right consistency it is neither nutritious nor economical when you make out the loaves prick the top with the fork do not make your first baking too large practice is requisite to the management of an unwieldy mass of dough let your trial loaf be widths say half the quantity of sponge and flour i have set down and increase these as skill and occasion require carefully preserving the proportions seven or eight quarts of flour will be needed for the semi-weekly baking of a family of moderate size if i have seemed needlessly minute in the directions i have laid down it is because i wish to be a guide not a betrayer and because i am deeply impressed with the worth of such advice as may tend to diminish the number of those who know not for themselves the comfort and delight of eating from day to day and year to year good family bread family bread brown i wish it were in my power by much and earnest speaking and writing to induce every housekeeper to make brown bread that is bread made of unbolted usually called graham flour a staple article of diet in her family i only repeat the declaration of a majority of our best chemists and physicians when i say that our american fondness for fine white bread is a serious injury to our health we bolt and rebolt our flour until we extract from it three-quarters of its nutritive qualities leaving little strength in it except what lies in gluten or starch and consign that which makes bone and tissue which regulates the digestive organs and leaves the blood pure the brain clear to the lower animals growing children especially should eat brown bread daily it supplies the needed phosphate to the tender teeth and bones if properly made it soon commends itself to their taste and white becomes insipid in comparison dyspeptics have long been familiar with its dietetic virtues and were the use of it more general we should have fewer wretches to mourn over the destroyed coats of their stomachs it is wholesome sweet honest and should be popular prepare a sponge as for white bread using potatoes or white flour my rule is to take out a certain quantity of the risen sponge on baking day and set aside for brown bread put into a tray two parts graham flour one-third white and to every quart of this allow a handful of indian meal with a teaspoonful of salt wet this up with the sponge and when it is mixed add for a loaf of fair size half a teacupful of molasses the dough should be very soft if there is not enough of the sponge to reduce it to the desired consistency add a little blood warm water knead it diligently and long it will not rise so rapidly as the white flour having more body to carry let it take its time make into round comfortable loaves and set down again for the second rising when you have again kneaded it bake steadily taking care it does not burn and do not cut while hot the result will well repay you for your trouble it will take a longer time to bake than white bread brown flour should not be sifted boston brown bread set a sponge over night with potatoes or white flour in the following proportions 
one cup yeast six potatoes mashed fine with three cups of flour one quart warm water two tablespoonfuls lard or if you leave out the potatoes one quart of warm water to three pints of flour two tablespoonfuls brown sugar beat up well and let it rise five or six hours when light sift into the bread tray one quart rye flour two quarts indian meal one tablespoonful salt one teaspoonful soda or saleratus mix this up very soft with a risen sponge adding warm water if needed and working in gradually half a teacupful of molasses knead well and let it rise from six to seven hours then work over again and divide into loaves putting these in well greased round deep pans the second rising should last an hour at the end of which time bake in a moderate oven about four hours rapid baking will ruin it if put in late in the day let it stay in the oven all night rye bread set a sponge as above but with half the quantity of water in the morning mix with this one quart warm milk one tablespoonful salt one cup indian meal and enough rye flour to make it into pliable dough proceed as with wheat bread baking it a little longer it is a mistake to suppose that acidity greater or less is the normal state of rye bread if you find your dough in the slightest degree sour correct by adding a teaspoonful of soda dissolved in warm water it is safest to add this always in warm weather milk bread one quart of milk one half teacupful of yeast one quarter pound butter one tablespoonful white sugar stir into the milk which should be made blood warm a pint of flour the sugar lastly the yeast beat all together well and let them rise five or six hours then melt the butter and add with a little salt work in flour enough to make a stiff dough let this rise four hours and make into small loaves set near the fire for half an hour and bake in warm weather add a teaspoonful of soda dissolved in warm water to the risen sponge as all bread mixed with milk is apt to sour buttermilk bread one pint buttermilk heated to scalding stir in while it is hot enough flour to make a tolerably thick batter add half a gill of yeast and let it rise five or six hours if you make it overnight you need not add the yeast but put in instead a tablespoonful of white sugar in the morning stir into the sponge a tablespoonful of soda dissolved in hot water a little salt and two tablespoonfuls melted butter work in just flour enough to enable you to handle the dough comfortably knead well make into loaves and let it rise until light this makes very white and wholesome bread rice bread make a sponge of one quart warm water one teacupful yeast one tablespoonful white sugar two tablespoonfuls lard one quart wheat flour beat well together and when it has risen which will be in about five hours add three pints of warm milk and three teacupfuls rice flour wet to a thin paste with cold milk and boiled four minutes as you would starch this should be a little more than blood warm when it is stirred into the batter if not thick enough to make out into dough add a little wheat flour knead thoroughly and treat as you would wheat bread in the matter of the two risings and baking this is nice and delicate for invalids and keeps well 
if you cannot procure the rice flour boil one cup of whole rice to a thin paste mashing and beating it smooth end of section thirty one